So, well, we can we can start, inshallah. Uh, Baki, will you lead us in the Fatiha, please? From the heart of a very pure and Al-Fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <laughs> Gayaru Makdubi Alahim, Maradalim Amin. Okay, thank you. Here we go. Let me arrange all the screens here. <laughs> Just getting used to all these things, too. All right, so we can begin with. Uh, we're looking at a passage that uh, I had been read so many times, translated so many times, but never figured it out. And until finally, uh, just, I guess, a few days ago, it uh, kind of came together. And to understand the passage, I needed to understand these verses. Um, so if we can have Omar uh, recite the verses for us. Thank you. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويسألونك عن الجبال فقل ينصفها ربي نصفا فيذرها قاعا صفصفا لا ترى فيها عوجا ولا أمتا They ask you about the mountains say my cherisher will uproot them and scatter them as dust he will leave them as plains smooth and level Nothing crooked or curved will you see. Yawma tubaddalu al-ardu ghayru al-ardi wa-samawatu wa-baraza lillahi al-wahidu al-qahhar wa-baraza lillahi al-wahidu al-qahhar A day the earth is changed into another earth and the heavens and they will come forth towards God, the one, the compelling. صراط الله الذي له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض إلا إلى الله تصير الأمور The Sirat, way of God The one to whom belongs whatever is in the heavens and in the earth Behold how all matters tend towards God Sadaq Allah al Thank you and then this, so this passage begins with this, this chapter and this passage that I was having such a exploration trouble with. Uh, it begins with this poem here. And so if Klaus could read that for us. Behold, how all matters tend toward God. Do not let yourself be deceived by this world. This is an abode of streaking rivulet roads. Everything opposing what he said above, exalted as he beyond, is the word place where lies are told. 
Each tough, twisted one has his end point toward him, truly, in all of the matters. Not one is appointed uniquely. Indeed, it is a ruling property of ignorance in the one reaching the end or falling short. Our propensities separate and differentiate the things, either to a felicity or to a perished land. And then we all return to his word. Behold, how all matters tend toward God. Yeah, so this uh, description of the, of the rough and twisted, it comes from the, the, usual, the usual imagery of an arrow, which is very uh, strong and rough and has very few feathers to guide it. So Ibnarabi is saying, behold how all matters tend towards Allah. And anyone who doesn't see that is talking from a place where lies are told because every arrow, no matter how few feathers there are, no matter how rough and twisted the arrow shank is, all the arrows are going to hit the target. All the arrows are going to hit the target. No one is appointed uniquely. So no one has a this arrow is better than the other arrow. All the arrows are going to hit the target. And they'll go to two different places. And then when they go to those different places, they will all then return to his word. Behold how all matters tend towards God. So now this is the, the passage that then right after that poem, that he gives this passage here. And so he says, learn, may God teach you that abandoning right tending, so istiqamat, so this is sirat al-mustaqim, istiqamat, which is often translated as the straight path, so straight, so this is, gotta keep that in mind that this is actually not what the Arabic word itself says. It's not straight, it's something different. So that abandoning the right tending is one of the signposts of the call to arise before God. So the call to arise is iqamat. So it's the same word, but that's the iqamat. That's when you're called to rise for the prayer, the salat. And presence with him in every moment. So his iqamat and arising for the prayer is presence with the divine in every moment. No matter what our arrow looks like or how few feathers there are to guide it. It is as Aisha, the mother of the faithful, said, God be pleased with her, about the Prophet وسلم, that he remembered God all his life, so that he was in dhikr of Allah, in remembrance of Allah all his life. So he was described in this world with an adjective of the next earth. You will see nothing in her crooked or curved. So that's the verse we just looked at. As right tending, is distinguished by curvature, and there is no curvature, then there is no istiqamat, straightening or tending to be seen. So, you know, this, you know, when I translate, I try to for have a commentary so that we that if there's something that might not be clear to the reader about how Ibn Arabi is going from the description of the prophet in this world with an adjective of the next earth. So, 
you know, I kind of have to stop here and say, until I figure this one out, I've got to be able to give a commentary to make these connections. So how in the heck is, he, is Ibn Arabi connecting the prophet who remembered Allah all his life and is described as an adjective of the next earth? Uh, so then I had to back up a little bit, <clears throat> look more at the idea of istiqamat, this straightening, but actually it's right tending. Um, and then of course the hadith that we, that Ibn Abi is expecting us to remember is enjoin, and so this is a, a lecture to the men, enjoin goodness to women because the woman is created from a rib and the most curvature is in the highest rib. So if you try to straighten the rib, you will break it. And if you leave the rib alone, it will not cease being curved. So enjoin goodness to women. So the idea of curve is that every, everything that has a curve, the circle especially, Rabbi says, is istiqamat, has istiqamat, um, is a sirat al-mustaqim. And so we now can't use the word straight anymore for that. We have to use the word rightly tending or something like that. So it's going to where it's supposed to go. So the curve is moving exactly where it's supposed to go. And it is the fastest, most direct path between A and B, between us and the divine. That path, whatever its, its circuitousness is, whatever its circularity is, is the fastest path to the divine because all the past, behold, all the past are tending to Allah. So when we see this, we see no matter what path we are on or that we see other people on, we know that it is the path to the divine. So the all is in the eye of being upon a single path, one. So all these rivulets are actually one path. And the all is in the eye of divine contentment. So all of these paths and everyone on these paths is pleasing to Allah, whether someone faithful or someone of shirking disbelief. So now how do we connect this? How is the Prophet how is his description that Ibn Arabi is saying his description is the description of the next earth that is without crookedness or curvature. So let's look at that now. The way, way he puts this all together is we have to look at, so just as the image of the body of Adam is not the body of every individual of his offspring, even though he is the basis from whom we arose manifest and which generated us. So even though we are all based on the Adam Eve, that first clump of, of clay, so even though we're all based on that body from which all the bodies are made, so the palm tree, the vast earth, the, 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 uh, the day palm, the vast earth, and all of these beings of which are earth-based beings and mother earth herself, even though we are all based on that, um, we, we, are not, we don't say that this body is exactly the whole body, even though it comes from there. But in the same way, the spirit overseeing the body of the universe in his entirety. So the spirit, so the body that we have is this Adam Eve body. It is the earth body. And that's how Ibn Arabi tells us, you are the vast earth. Your body is the vast earth. So we lo we've looked at that carpet and you have carpet with little fibers coming up. And each of the fibers that comes up seems to be individuated. So we say it's an individual. 
but it's actually not individuated. It's individuated, but it's also part of the, the carpet. So it's in the carpet, no matter how high it stands up and says, I'm myself. And so the same way, if we have that same carpet, let's make those carpet uh, fibers filaments, hollow filaments. And so we now we have a carpet with all these hollow filaments, which are individuated, but are all in the carpet. If we put a light behind this, that light will illuminate every one of these filaments. So the light underneath this rug, this carpet, would illuminate all of the filaments. So just as we are the body of the earth, and we are the Adam-Eve body, the same way we are the spirit, the breath that is coming, that one breath goes to every filament in this carpet. It is just as if, it is just as you, if you were able to even out the earth, you would not see in her any crookedness or distortion and the sun would disperse his life over her. So when we have a, a, this figure, the slide here, you see all this curvatures and, and ripples. So if it were flat, you would take one glance of the sun and it would completely disperse over the entire body. But if you have ripples in there, then there are shadows. There's light and shadow, light, shadow. And so because the, so the crookedness and curvature and ripples makes us think that there is shadow and light when if we could flatten the whole thing out we would see that there's one light dispersed over the entire entity the light would not be distinguishable so we couldn't say this is a bright light and a dim light and a shadow so when the region and the lands appear and the shadows of these standing individuals so these filaments standing up first becomes apparent the solar light is divided and one is distinguished from another so this so it's we this flatness which has one light dispersed on it then gets dispersed and divided because these filaments these individuals start rising now just as the body of the world embraces and unfolds all the individuated bodies because all these individual bodies are in the surface of the earth in the same way his spirit embraces and enfolds all these individuated spirits so my breath is actually, this, I have a breath in this filament and you have a breath in this filament, but that one light and one breath is the same one which is uh, illuminating and imbreathing, imblowing into all of the filaments. So who is the one who created all of you from a single soul? So the single soul and then all these fil filaments become individuated souls all coming from one soul. And the same way that one soul, we talked about the candles, the other imagery that the Sufis use is the candle, the flame. So the flame that you take from one candle and they gave it to another candle, that's still 100% flame. And another one, and another one, another one. So the flame doesn't get bigger or smaller, but the candles are lit up one after the other by the same flame. Okay. So then we get to this very interesting position and remember we're always looking at these two loops the first loop this uh loop that cannot be oriented we can't orient ourselves on it it goes in and it twists if you cut that down the middle as a cross section you get this other loop which is another single loop with four orientable places so if says and learn that the world today 
with the loss of the entirety of Muhammad وسلم, what, So entirety here means that he had a body, he had spirit, and he had his, his message and all of these things. So that whole, whole package of organic body, uh, historical time, historical place, spirit, and message, all of that package, we don't have that right now. There's a loss of that package concerning his visible manifestation while he was alive in this world of spirit and body and image and meeting is asleep, not dead. So the world today has lost this and is asleep, but not dead. And learn that his spirit, which is Muhammad وسلم, is of the world in an image of the site in which the spirit of the human being resides during the, dr the dream. So where we go to in the dream, that place is where this uh, spirit of Muhammad is. Until the day of resurrection, which day is like the dreamer waking up here? So on the day of resurrection, anyone who's asleep wakes up. So this, we started out with these this, this four positions. The first position, invisible. So the uh, the the invisible, we see stars in the sky. So this is in the historical period before the body of Muhammad and that we have stars in the sky. And, but the Nur Muhammad, the light, we don't know that it's the light of Muhammad which is illuminating these stars. So it's like seeing, being on this carpet and seeing all these filaments lit up. And these filaments are lit up and guiding us, but we don't know where that one light comes from. And then the second section arrives, and this is Shamsil Duha, the sun of the mid-morning. So mid-morning sun arises and it becomes day. And this is the period of the organic body of Muhammad Wasallam. It's now day. The moment the sun rises, this Shamsil Duha, <laughs> mid-morning sun rises, all of the stars become uh, invisible. And we have this bright sun guiding us and we see one sun and one light and we don't see the other the past stars and the past revelations and the past laws and then when that when we lose that organic body when that organic body its spirit passes to the next world where the dreamers go the world where the dreamers go there is only a glow left and so there's a glow, this is the sunset until, until the dusk. And so at, during that glow period, there's, a, there's some period of glow. We can call it 500 years, or we can call it 1,000 years, or we can call it some number. Because the Hadith says that if the, uh, the community uh, obeys, they will get half a day. Uh, if they, if they, the community will get half a day. If they obey, they will get a full day. And a full day here is on the day of their Lord, which is a thousand years. So there's some period of time in this glow. Then there's the midnight. Then there is this third part of the night. And so the third part of the night, we've been sleeping and now we wake up. So today, the community is waking up in this third part of the night. And in this third part of the night, so all sorts of different things start happening. So when we are, when this mother community wakes up in the third part of the night, we look outside and we see the moon. And if it's the full moon of truth, we see the full moon. The sun, which is illuminating the moon, is hidden from us. 
So the mid-morning sun is hidden from us because the mid-morning sun passed away, died, and came into the other world where we go as dreamers. And so the light is what we see in the moon. And when the moonlight is there, we see all of these stars. And now this is the culmination of prophecy because we know that all of these stars and the moon are lit up by the same single one light. So we know that this light that we see in the moon is the same as the light of the stars and that we can only know this in this third section. Now, after the third section, everyone's going to wake up and there'll be the fourth section, which is the visible Muhammad And this is when he will be the master of all of the people, the master of all the people. And then that brilliant light will be seen by all the people visibly. Now it's only seen by the mother community who is awake in the third part of the night. So then we ask, so what is this mother community in this third part of the night? What are some of the qualities or characteristics of this mother community? The first idea that comes to us, the first image that comes to us from this other loop is that we are seeing interiority, insides. And so we can, and then this is versus or as opposed to or different from exterior. So to see interior is that the things that are inside become more meaningful than the things which are outside. It means that the night and what happens in the night becomes more prominent than things that happen during the day. So we can begin to ask, what does this mother community who is awake in this third part of the night, what do they see and what do they look like and who are they? And the answer is, they are the ones who are closest to Muhammad Sallallahu in his interiority. So that means inside his house. So these are the, so this mother community, we will say, are also then going to be models or what's the word, uh, analogs of that, of that community, of that interior community of Muhammad Sallallahu So we've had the golden age of Islam. We've had the magnificent mosques. And we've had the great universities and great libraries. All that's done. That's light. That's the solar time. That's over. And that those communities are no longer the communities that are the active ones. They're the ones that have fallen asleep again. The ones who are active are the ones who have woken up in this third part of the night. And these mother communities are, based on this analogy, they are mostly women. They are taking care of children. They are taking care of the poor on the people of the bench. So the Prophet Sallallahu in his house, he had his interior family. And this interior family are the family that we see now in the mother community now. So, and so uh, we, and then he built or had built uh, a lean-to outside the wall of his house. And that all the bench would be. And this lean-to was there for the homeless who were dependent upon the, uh, the, the wealth of the, the Muslim community. So they were the slaves, the blind, the poor, and so the family of the bench. So now we begin to say, so what does this mother community look like? We say, well, it looks like the relation of Khatija and Muhammad Sallallahu where she comforted him in her lap when he was first being told that he is the Nur Muhammad. 
it looks like the Aisha and and when he went out and they said, Aisha said, we had a foot race. The first time we had the foot race, I uh, the prophet won. The second time we had the foot race, I won. So it's play. It's this play. And then we have the two grandsons on the Friday prayer coming to see him and rushing and tripping over their shirts. They had these long shirts that were not hemmed very much. And so they were tripping over them. So the Prophet descends from the minbar, interrupts the khutbah, takes the two children, holds them carefully, brings them back up to the minbar. So this is what the mother community will look like. They will therefore look like mostly women. They will have all of the tending to the children that the Prophet made sure he would change rituals, worships, in order to accommodate women with children. And so they will be, it will be the love of children that we've seen throughout his life. And this will be this interior inside the house, family of the house, the Ahlabet. So what the Ahlabet looked like, this is what the mother community will look like now. Okay. We were born before the worlds, crying out to supreme reality before the pen, before the throne, timeless servants of the living truth, calling to our beloved. May we merge into your essence, calling to our beloved, may we merge in you. Allah, Allah, we are slaves to Ali, fountain of the mystics. Allah, Allah, we are slaves to the love of Nuruddin Jirahi, calling to our beloved. May we merge into your essence, calling to our beloved. May we merge in you. We found love Muhammad, circling around Musafer Ashki, crying hi, crying who, through his love we finally became love, calling to our beloved, may we merge into your essence, calling to our beloved, may we merge in you, Allah, Allah, sacrifice our separate souls for Imam Ali. Allah, Allah, with delight, we join the path of Nuruddin Jirahi, calling to our beloved. May we merge into your essence, calling to our beloved, may we merge in you. Okay, good, okay, here we go.
And here I just told Baki, oh, we've got plenty of time. <laughs> We're only halfway through. So we'll have to move a little faster here. <laughs> okay. So uh, the key, this, so we're in this third part of the night. Uh, this mother community has woken up. They are having their dream and they are into the interiority of this Mohammedan reality. And so the dream then becomes the place where things happen. And Ibn Abi says, whoever crosses over and interprets the dream sees a terrifying like the terrors of the night and the terrors of the sea with the waves whipped up by winds, a terrifying matter. And clarified for one is what one does not perceive from other than this facet. So you see something clearly which you cannot see clearly except from this dream. This is why messenger of God وسلم, when he greeted the morning among his companions would ask them, has any one of you seen a dream? You see, she is Nabuat and he loved to witness her in his mother community. So the mother community is the one that preserves the dream, which is the nubuat, which is prophethood. And so this is the prophethood which does not bring law. So the, the prophethood and the, and the messengership which brings law is shut, is bolted shut. And this is such a beautiful good thing for us because it's our only way of making sure, of testing ourselves, of asking ourselves, am I doing the right thing? The only way to do that is if the law has been fixed. But Nabuat in the universal sense, that is non-law bringing, is the dream. And the Prophet wanted to see his mother community with the dream. And then now we are in the third part of the night. Ibn Arabi was speaking for us in the third part of the night. Um, and because people in his day, and we know some of them today, <laughs> but the people today are in the utmost ignorance of this temp level of Nabuat, that we have universal prophethood. They are utmost ignorance of this, which Messenger of God was so concerned for and asked every day about her. And the ignorant in this time period now, when they hear that something happened in a dream, they will not raise their head to attend. And they say, by means of dream, he wants to make rulings. This is nothing but fantasy. And what is this? It is nothing but a dream. So there is where we are with uh, Ibn Arabi found these people. And so, so they mock the dreamer when one leans for support upon a dream. All this mocking is because of their ignorance of the station of the dream. Okay. And uh, I won't even try to read. This is one sentence, and I won't even try to read it now. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, we now have another Ilahi, so please. <laughs> Alikia Rasura Lala Salatula Salamula Alikia Abibala Deep within my heart, the vast pressure of love transforming me into from your eyes, oh mercy of our love, oh creation flow with its love, oh rest delight of our love, peace of our love, 
find it in the last few days, but uh, says at one place, he says, take some liquid and rub your arm, rub your skin and smell it, smell your skin. And he'll tell us, now you know what I'm talking about. So therefore this bodily earth of yours. So this earth of this bodily earth of yours is in the true dimension an earth of God vast, which he commanded you to worship in him in her until the moment of your death. And who dies, his day of arising has arisen. She is the individual arising. It is his word. From her we created you, and into her we shall return you. So when you understand the individual arising by means of the death of this particular person, you know that the universal day of arising every dead body has who is being raised. Therefore, the period of the Barzakh in the, is the other configuration in the position of corresponding to the bearing the woman does of the fetus in her belly, God configuring it with one configuration after another. Thus, the stages of development are different until it is born on the day of arising. This is why it is said about the dead that when one dies, his day of arising has arisen. That is, the manifestation of the otherworldly configuration in the Barzakh has commenced until the day of resurrection from the Barzakh. It is just as you were resurrected from the belly into the world by birth. So back to the carpet and the filaments and the, and the threads all standing up. Ibn Arabi says, smell your skin. Once you smell your skin, you'll understand you are the earth, even though you're an individuated part of her. And this relationship to this interior Muhammad Sallallahu the relationship that we have is one which is actually stronger than it was for even the people in the house. And so you'll say, how does this work? Ibn Arabi says it works by this special quality of love. Now, nature-based love is reciprocal love, requited love. I do something good for you, you do something good for me, and our love for each other goes back and forth and can increase and decrease. 
divine-based love or spirit-based love is the one that is, cannot be increased or decreased. It just is. And there's nothing you can do that will make me love you more or love you less. And so the, to discover this, so Ibn Arabi says that Majnun discovers this. And he says that in this story, and I've never seen it anywhere else, but if someone else has seen it, let me know. I have a feeling that Ibn Arabi is giving Majnun a little bit more credit than uh, one would expect. So Layla comes to place and he was crying, Layla, Layla. And he was grabbing ice and piling it upon his heart to dispel the heat in his heart cavity. So this, wow, he's so madly loved. She greeted him while he was in the state. She said to him, here I am. I am your intention. I am your desire. I am your beloved. I am the soother of your eye. I am Layla. And he turns to her and says, go away from me. Love of you has, love of you has completely occupied me, deflecting me from you as a person. This is the most delicate that can be and the most gossamer of love. So if you really want to have a powerful love relationship, that has to be one that is the other person has to be in another world. And so this mother community has a powerful love relationship with this Muhammad Sallallahu who is in another world. And it is more powerful than if they were there in his house at that time. This is why Ibn Arabi says, we actually have more of, we have more access, more connection, and more right to Muhammad Sallallahu than the people who are around him which is a very, very bold thing to say. And so he doesn't actually say it quite that boldly. Uh, what he's saying is that when you, when the body of Muhammad staying in the earth and he passes to this other world where we go as a dreamer, that relationship to him will be closer, more accessible, more powerful than if I was standing next to him physically, body to body. So with that, uh, we get a very different situation. So Alhamdulillah, and we have our final song, Allahi, please. Ah, Ahmed Bedawi, axis of the Sufi way, we will enter your ecstasy. Ahmed Bedawi, axis of the Sufi way, we will enter your ecstasy. I asaki you offer drink from kafa. Yahoo, ya better we help us so better we. Yasaki, paradise is right here. Yahoo, ya better we. Oh, beloved friend, I only long to drink your wine and plunge into the essence of your love. Oh, beloved friend, I only long to drink your wine and plunge into the essence of your love. Ayasaki, you offer drink from kapha. Yahoo, ya better we help us so better we. Yasaki, paradise is right here. Yahoo, ya better we. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. 
So, so we get this different different view when, when we see what part of the day or night we are in. Okay, so Hamid Anur has some. Well, I, I, I had muted myself. What do you mean by, quote, today this community wakes up in the third part of the night, end, end of quote. Are you referring to today's time? What do you mean? Yeah, so the, uh, this third part of the night, so when, when, I, when I look at this, you know, help us, Obadawi and Piranodari and Jirahi, what they were doing is they were preparing for a, a world that they saw in the future. And Ibn Arabi is very, very clearly as of the situation with Ibn Arabi. Why for 800 years, it's only when, you know, the Ibn Arabi society, we started looking at this in 1970s, I think. Uh, before that, you know, who knew about Ibn Arabi? A couple people here and there. So why did it wait for so long? This, uh, he was speaking for a future community. And I see these, uh, these, these uh, Sufi guides, these mystic guides speaking for a future community. And so this future community, this mother community that wakes up in the third part of the night. So we are in the third part of the night and we wake up and we look around and we do not look like we look during the solar time. The solar time when Muhammad was here in his organic body, he had a very, he had an exterior and an interior. And then the exterior, he was very strong. He had to be politically wise. He had to strategic, all of these things. And of course it was mostly men that you see when you look around. And then there's the sunset and the till the dusk. And even then, this is the golden age of Islam. This is when you have the magnificent mosque and you have these beautiful universities and libraries. And of course, mostly men. But now in this third part of the night, we are in the interior of the interior and we are inside his house. And when we're inside his house, we see mostly women, we see mostly children, we see mostly in the lean to outside, the people of the bench, the poor, the blind, the slaves. So it doesn't look the same. The mother community doesn't look the same. Um, if, if every path is already the path to Allah, what should be the impetus to follow the path of Muhammad, peace be upon him, that leads to him? Yeah, so what Ibn Arabi is telling us is that when you, if you read uh, Quran carefully and hear that, behold, all paths are tending towards Allah, then you begin to see that this whole what is happening today, what happens in this universe and in the countless worlds is that Allah is manifesting, is bringing out this, this other side. So there's the divine side and there's this side. And that this, this looking at the mirror and these images being created, all of this is the story of, these, of this divine side being recognized and being seen. And that's why it's there. So that's why we are on different paths so that these individual paths are part of the way that Allah sees itself, himself, herself, itself. And so, from, but from our point of view, it's a quite different situation. So we're the ones who are on a path. We say we can see that certain paths are taking us in ways that are, are, are painful without any meaning. And so we are looking for a path which may be difficult, but which is meaningful. So the, we, what Ibn Arabi is doing for us here is saying, look at the from the perspective of the divine and you'll see all of these paths that all of them are tending exactly where they have to tend. If Allah wanted all of us to be on a single path, he would have made us all on a single path. 
And so it's the shift with Ibn Abi is the shift in, in what is the meaning of our, our lives. And so our lives, the meaning is not, will we get to Allah or not? The meaning is what will be our path? And then more than that, we all have this obstacle path and we all have these things that are in our life. And the, the, but what is in our control and in, under our hand is our reaction the meaning that we give it. And so all of these things will happen. And so what reaction do we have? What meaning do we give it? So when we pray, we don't pray to, to remove these obstacles. We pray to na navigate the obstacles in a way which is meaningful. And that's why we call on Allah. Okay. Uh, a comment that fits with what you just said. So moving and profound, this heart connection to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, without the blessing of being in, in his physical presence. Yeah. yeah, this is, this is, I mean, Ibn Arabi doesn't, doesn't really say this so explicitly because he knows, you know, how very difficult this is to understand and how hard it is for the lover to be told that, you know, here's Layla, but go away, Layla, because I'm actually in love with you, which is not really your, it's not your body, I'm in love with you, that you are an individual filament in this carpet of the divine creation. So it's a very different way of looking, but it is actually stronger, and it, and it is stronger. And therefore, Ibn Arabi is saying that, of course, so when he has this one passage, he says, oh, we're in such horrible situation. We are so far away from the prophet's life. It's been so many years. The glow of the dusk uh, is, is just now gone. We're in the midnight. We're so far away. And then Ibn Arabi switches and he says but because we are so far away we are closer because instead of accessing him through the organic body we're accessing through love which gives us spirit to spirit heart to heart with nothing intermediary nothing in between so Shreb, yeah. um, uh, what you said um had me re-see a memory of the last time that I visited Sheikh Noor, yeah. he was dying. Mm -hmm. And as he sank back into his lounge chair, wearing a dhoti, very thin, he said, it just gets better and better. And I thought he was talking about his experience, but what you said flashed that maybe he was <laughs> telling me about my experience. Yes, it will get better and better, yeah. Um, Shuaib, uh, Omar yes. has a question he'd like to ask. Yes, no, that, that, just a minute. Yeah, that is just is so powerful. And, and it's so very difficult to say that when this person I love is gone, and for some of that means that person has, has died, passed away, for some person that, you know, something doesn't work out, but for some reason, there's this distance that actually opens up the greater connection and the greater closeness, which is, you know, it's, it's just so hard to tell, you know, much Noon was crying and crying. It's so hard to tell him. Apparently, Abnabi says he knew that. He said, go away from me. I know that my love for you is there. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. Uh, back on, on the third part of the night and where we are today, um, I mean, it, 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 um, I fully comprehend that it. it makes perfect sense. It's actually quite visible. Mm how today we are in that state of consciousness whereby this third part of the night allows us a more direct connection coming back to the to the to the household it's you know 
as opposing the second part, which were the mosques, the library, and the more institutionalized things which served their time correctly. So, so this is very clear. But I am wondering about the, its social implications from the point of view of the wider Islamic community as an ummah, because in the second part of the night, and, and which, which is sleeping today, rightly, obviously, uh, the, the, the mosques and the, and the libraries and the institution during the second part of the night, they acted as pillars and focal points that kept the wider Muslim community cohesive as one and therefore pro provided, provided a unity focal points for it. Uh, so while today in the third part of the night, I can see that this is a much closer connection to the divine and it's a much higher level of realization, I am wondering about its implications for the social aspects of the wider Islamic community. If we lose the institutionalized aspects, what could would keep the community cohesive? What would replace that part? What would give them you know, unity? Or is it that we no longer need that unity and it's time to just dissolve and, and merge within other social forums, but the social forum is no longer the community of once upon a time? And what, what are the social implications? You know, that, that's, 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 the, that's the, the kind of the question that we bring into this. And I, I've continued to ask that of, of the Futuhat all the time. Uh, Ibn Arabi in the Muqaddimah, in his, in his preface, in his, when he sets it all out, he says that the, he says the Muslim, you know, so the regular, regular uh, general Muslim has an aqidah and that aqidah is sufficient. There's is nothing wrong with that aqidah, and not only that, is it is completely right and it's completely sufficient. But then there are some for whom they go they go beyond or they go somewhere else, and when they go somewhere else, then that simple aqidah becomes challenged and it becomes not so much sufficient. So they can either say, "I'm not going to open my mind and and heart to other ideas." Um, I'll just stick with my simple aqidah, they're my belief system, and that will be fine. Or they move on and say, no, I need to have a more sophisticated belief system. I need to have one that is able to handle more details. Now, when you are in the sun of the solar Islam, then there's only Islam and there's only the language of Islam and there's only the forms of Islam. Um, but when you are in the night, you see the form you see the, the light of Islam is the moon now. So it's not coming from the moon, it's reflecting from the sun, but you see it in the moon and you see the stars. And now you see that all of the stars are guiding stars. And so, and so this person now has to have an aqidah that doesn't work only for the solar time, it has to work for the lunar time as well. And the lunar aqidah has to say that I am happy with my Prophet I am happy with Allah, I am happy with the book. And then that person then has to say in the lunar time, this book has come in many different forms. And there have been many books that have been sent down and I believe in all of them. And so in the kutub, in all of the books, and I believe in all of the messengers that have brought these down. And, I, and so that person in the lunar time has to have a, a, a deeper aqidah, a deeper belief system. 
Um, thank you. No, it's it's um, very clear, and I, I see that. And on the individual level, that person, it's absolutely, it's hundred percent. My question is more related to the community at large. You know, so so for the community at large, like the Islamic community as a collective, what would act as their focal points? in the third part of the night where it's no longer about the big mosques and the big libraries, or do they go hand in hand? Or are we are we replacing one, one with the other? If we are, then what would be the new focal point for the community at large, not the individual realization? Mm -hmm. Or do they go hand in, or do they go together? We're not replacing the second point. Yes, yeah, this, this, this is a very good, this is an ongoing, ongoing idea and question, yes. Um, but what what I was looking at with that with what it means to have interiority be having the exterior part uh, begin to dissolve and then have the interior part become be, blossom. What that will mean was that instead of an Islam which looks the way it looked a few hundred years ago, uh, mainstream, male dominated. Um, you know, beard dominated and so on. You know, instead of all these institutions and outward looks, there's, there's going to be something else. And what's so interesting is Ibn Arabi spends a thousand pages on fiqh, on Islamic law and interpretation, because he's trying to say that there's a huge range of Islamicity, you know, there's a huge range of law uh, when it comes to hijab and salat and witr and siam fasting, all of these things has a tremendous range. And so the, the, it's not just this tiny bit right here. So the tiny bit right here was the solar Islam. And so that, that all the men were gonna be fasting. But now it's a different situation. Some of those men are, are, can't, can't leave their, their work and they, and they can't survive if they were to fast that day. Some of those men have traveled. Some of those men are sick. So these, it's not the same situation. And so we need to then say, well, what does it look like? And what does this Islam look like? And so it's so interesting. Ibn Arabi mentions the word Islam three times, maybe. So he talks about Islam three times. Because what he's talking about is Allah, his messenger, and his books. And they come out looking very different depending on where, what time of the night we're in. And that's explaining to me why when we look at the mother community now, it's uh, it's mostly women. It's very careful to tend to this and support children. It is very much has a lean to to protect the homeless, the poor, and the blind. And so this the, we are this is the kind of Islam. The way it looks now will be more. It will not look triumphant. A bunch of us men running around and and winning battles. It will look very different. It will be taking care of the people of the bench. So thank you, Omar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Zakia had a comment. Let's see what happened to it. Here it is. Appears like Omar said it all with the term dissolve. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so what happens is that we have, once we've opened up what Islam looks like and that's and what, what it looks like to follow Allah and his messenger and his books, then we can see that the, the, the quality of the community could look very, very different. And so someone would say that doesn't look Islamic to me, but we have because we're also also interior. So outwardly, 
we have the law and the law does not change, and, but the law is huge. That's the key. So no one will ever say, we don't follow the law. We'll say, we follow the law. And, we, and it looks like this sometimes, and it looks like this at other times. Um, Christopher comments, sounds like perhaps the quote, focal points quote, are the family, smaller communities, charities, activism, question mark. Yeah, and, and so that, and in a sense, that becomes uh, the the new, you know, sort of Muslim community, the new mother community, does change the focus. And so, um, there was a the solar Islam had to have its period, had to be established, uh, so that it could survive over centuries. But we can say it has survived, and we still have our connection to it. But it's not going to look the same way. And so our focal points do change, and um, and and this then this is this is the so so we say well I mean and so we see this when we're we're talking to and looking at you know other other Muslim communities that we can say you know what is their criterion what do they say this says on I'm a, a Muslim community and so that that becomes our question and 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 so we say well the focal point is the focal point of the prophet when he was being interior more than he was being exterior so it's still the law it's still the prophet but it's it's more of his interior aspects than his exterior aspects the exterior aspects were there in order to allow for a institution to survive for centuries yeah in the third part of the night, should we as individuals and communities work toward building institutions of knowledge, mosques, tarikas, political institutions, etc., or instead focus more on our personal interiorities, the law, raising good families, charity, etc.? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I think what happens in the interior of the house is that Interior, that the intimate conversations become more important. The murmured conversations of intimate people become so very important. And we can see this in the exterior prophet himself when he got off of the minbar during the khutbah to take care of Hassan and Hussein running towards him and tripping over their shirts, bringing them to his arm and taking him up to the minbar. This is our this is our example. This is our our exemplar, because what we see then is that there is an exterior Islam. It's called the khutbah. It's called the Friday sermon, and this is what you do, and this is how you say it, and this is the minbar and all of that. But the interiority of it was taking care of the grandchildren. And Ibn Arabi says, "Do you think for a moment that he left his devotion and focus on the divine by taking care of these two children?" And he says, not for a moment. That was the focus and devotion on the divine to take care of these two children. So you could say in the solar Islam and people who are in the midnight might say, we just, you gotta stay up there on the minbar and keep talking no matter what happens to these kids down here. But the interior one says, no, to focus and devote yourself to Allah is to take care of those two children by interrupting the Friday prayer and the Friday sermon. Which saints Mazar did you show? Yeah, the Mazhar, um, I can't remember exactly, but I'll, I'll try to uh, send that 
send that later. It's just, it just, it's such a, you know, Pakistani Indian Mazar. You can just, you see the tile right there and it's, 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 it's a great picture. <laughs> Please comment on quote, on that day, the sun shall rise in the West quote. Thank you. Uh-huh. Well, so this, this is, uh, the, so where, where is this sun going? When is this fourth time going to come? And, and the fourth time, the visible, the solar, the, the final fourth solar time, the, the Zahir time, the outward time, uh, the people on the third part of the night are the closest to it because we're closest to the dawn. So, so you want to ask what mother community is closest to the dawn when the dawn breaks, all of these things will happen. And it won't necessarily be in the east. So Ibn Arabi says that because the east is what's already come and the west what is to come. So I, and that's his that's his uh, his uh, understanding of, of sunrises and sunsets. The east is what came before and the west is what will come next. Um, in reference to Omar's question, do you mean that the wider meaning of Islam is about serving one another whereby, quote, the blind, the orphans, and the poor, quote, is a symbol to say, quote, anyone who is vulnerable without judgment, quote, regardless of their religion and faith. Does my question make sense? Absolutely. So, this, so what's, what's happening here is that we go back to these filaments. When the earth is flat and, 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 and completely flat, the light will go right across it. And there'll be no shadows and no differentiation of light right across it. And so the Nur Muhammad, his quality is the quality of that new earth that right through him, all of this light flows and it never stops up in any place. So make me light, he was made light. And so this, and so when we look at this, so if we are, if we are before the bodily time and place of Muhammad Sallallahu when we see the stars, we see, oh, here's a beautiful star, here's a beautiful star. Here's the Torah, here's Injil, here are all of the different revelations and different laws. And that's that we don't know that they're all coming from the same source of light. It's only after the solar Islam that we can say, oh, here's the moon. This is the one that we've, we know all along is, the, is our, our source of light coming from the sun, which reflects on the moon. And oh, look, these stars are from the same light. So the culmination of prophecy means that I can now say that the light that's reflecting in the moon and all of the stars is one light. So I won't sit there and say, oh, you're Casopedia and you're uh, some other star and we don't get along with you and I'm and I don't and we Muslims don't talk to you people who are this other star. It's all it's all one light and we see it as one light. And so by by knowing the moon, we can know that all the stars are coming from the same light. I'm going to skip just for a second here. Where is quote on that day the sun shall rise in the west? Where is that quote? Well, uh, I think Tasneem was this. There's a, yeah, that's a, that's Tasneem. Do you want to fill us in on all that? Um, yeah, well, Ibn Arabi also does talk about the idea of this rising in the in the West, and uh, it probably yeah, but it's uh, the rising in the West being, and being close to the close to the dawn. So let's let's look at that uh, uh, next week. Okay. Uh, um, but uh, I want to look at Richard has this uh, that that in Dutch recht is uh, is 
translated as a right or correct path. Yeah. And a teacher is a rechter. Okay. So this, so, so the correction isn't mean, doesn't mean to make straight. It means to make right. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, taking care of children and grandchildren is the transition of love, the true message of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Transmute, transmutation. Yeah, 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 transmission. Also, yeah, um, right. So that, so that by, you know, where, where is it in, uh, why, why is there such an emphasis on orphans and children, um, and why is the Prophet Sallallahu so tender to children? And so we have all of these hadith about where he would pat the head of a child, and the, the and the, and the powerful. Uh, powerful man said, you know, I have 10 children and I've never shown love to them. And he says, those who do not have rahma, this merciful tenderness towards these ones is not part of my community. So my community, this mother community, this ummah is the mother community is the one that takes care of children. Um, and this is, and this is, and, and, and I, and I've been so, uh, in, I've enjoyed and delighted in seeing this happen over over the decades that I have had on this in this world, uh, and it, I, I could always see that. Um, for instance, years ago when I would travel overseas and have kids with me, or and and uh, you can tell that when you're in a, you know when you're with the Westerners and when you're with the Muslims, because when a baby cries on an airplane, all the Westerners are saying, "Make that kid shut up." And all the Muslims are saying, oh, what can we do to help this little kid? It's the most amazing thing. I hope it still happens that way. But this is, so what Omar talks about the institution of Islam, you can say that the treatment of orphans and children is, has been institutionalized with Muslims over the centuries. And that's right there. And I used to say in those days, people talk about what's extremist Islam? Well, an extreme Islam person, extremist Islam would be someone who's extremely loving to children and does nothing but make sure that children are supported and happy. <laughs> that's an extreme Muslim. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> we have a deep question. It is deep. How do we live Islam in West? How much do we inherit and how much do we create? That's that's what we're on this path figuring out. <laughs> Nasima, that's beautiful. Yes, that's and that's that's what we're looking at. But the, what what I find so beautiful about Ibn Arabi is that he's telling us that you are going to be finding this mother community will be having a look which hasn't been seen before, and yet is not only inspired but based and founded and connected to this the same light which created the solar islam and all these other religions and so that your direct connection there will mean that you'll have an outwardly different look and so we get we get calmed by that or our hearts are the chest gets cold as Ibn Arabi says which I would have thought it was the other way around but it's the oh I'm feeling soothed because I know that the, Isl the islam that I am practicing won't look the same as it looked before and and that's because we are in a different situation, we're in a different time, and we're in the third part of the night. Zakia comments, beautiful, the idea of the transmission of love in the love for the grandchildren, so selfless. Yeah. And then um, then we have, it's a hadith referring to the last day. Okay, thank you, Dustin. Yeah, yeah so, uh, so um, the rising of the sun from the west as a sign of Qiyamah. So the way we could look at that then is that 
that from Ibn Arabi's idea that the East is the past and the, and the West is the future. And so if we are in the third part of the night, we're the closest to the dawn. And when we are the closest to the dawn, we're the closest to that sun rising in the West. So we're closest to this Qiyamah where we'll rise. And then each birth and death is that person's Qiyamah, is that person's resurrection. And this resurrection is the one where just as the, the, the fetus in the, in, the, in the womb is developing and developing, the moment we die, we develop and develop for this next configuration. Oh, here's another comment here. Um, if I remember correctly, you mentioned Ibn Arabi uh, said the one, that one who differentiates between souls of Musa and Pharaoh does not know anything about souls. Did I get that right? Can you please connect it today's uh, session about all the paths of believers or non-believers leading to the one? Right, right. So we go back to the slide, the kind of the brownish slide with the ripples. So when we look at this, this huge surface with these ripples and these shadows and lights brighter here and darker here and there's shadows, all these things happening. In that, if we think that that is reality, then we'll say that this soul, this ripple is better than this ripple or this spot is better than that spot. But if we see that the, the soul that we have is the soul of one soul, and it's the Nur Muhammad's soul. And that, as Aisha said, he was described by the description of the new earth. That is, he's completely uh, flat so that this light disperses through every part of him. So every soul is an expression of his soul. So when they stand up, they're saying, oh, I'm an individual, but actually it's one soul. And there's one light on one soul. And so that person says, here's Moses and here's Pharaoh. And neither one of these souls is better or worse than the other one. It is the same soul. And the same way with our bodies, it is one earth. So there's not one body that's better than another body. Nobody is better than any other body, <laughs> etc. But that is, this is, that's exactly, that question is exactly what we're, looking at today that this the plane it's and and so that the the soul the surface of the of muhammad is a soul which is flattened out so that the light goes through all of it and touches everyone so everyone is part of this light now they we can be in our own homemade shadows and ibn arabi says the ones in the in the fire who are torturing themselves is they are torturing themselves they're the ones who are hurting themselves with their own there's their own self that's doing this and when they quit doing that when they stop doing that they will flatten out and they will see that their soul is the soul of everyone's soul, which is the soul of the Nur Muhammad, and which is the Rahmat for all of the worlds, the kind mercy for all the worlds. Beautiful. Okay. Um, Latifa comments, um, kids and young people are very much neglected when it comes to take care of them on a spiritual level and give them the tools to cope with life's difficulties. Yet they are the future. I feel the focus should be on them rather than ourselves because as adults, we're tough cookies. Mm -hmm. I mean, we keep making the same mistakes over and over, and we tend to be narcissistic one way or another. 
young people have a better chance to acquire the right attitude right from the start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, my lesson of having children was, boy, that's one great way to get rid of ego. Because <laughs> there's like nothing I can do. I want to do things this way. Well, that's not the way it's going to be. This little kid is, is yelling. And so you're going to have to take care of this little kid. So it is the great, great lesson of, uh, of, how, of, of how to realize that the focus on someone else, that is our path. And that, and that path then opens up. And so if we focus on ourselves in one way, um, then uh, we can tend to yeah, it could be narcissistic and, and so on. And, so, and therefore we focus on the other to see that ourself in the other. And so by tending these others, then that is tending this universal soul. And, uh, and they're, just, they're just something historically and spiritually about Muhammad Sallallahu and children and orphans. Um, uh, historically, I mean, we, that was so clear, uh, his teaching us, teaching us, teaching us that we look at, the, at children. And this, uh, and Ibrahim is view that, that when, when he got down from the minbar on the Friday sermon and attended to the children, that that is focus and devotion on God. And it's not anything else. So, alhamdulillah. Okay, well, it's been wonderful to see everyone again this week. Thank you, alhamdulillah. And everyone figured out the time differences. I, I, try, I tried to meet up with the, uh, with our UK vicar, and I missed it because I didn't know anything about time. And but interesting, that vicar, we talked about the habla Allah, the rope of God. And this habla, this rope, is often talked about as the book. And then the book is Alif Lam Mim, Dalek al Kitab. Alif Lam Mim, that one is the book. So Alif Lam Mim is Hamim Yasin Taha Muhammad. He is the book. And he's the mother of the book. So, alhamdulillah. So, thank you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Get this video. Bye.